a couple's wedding goes awry when a few unannounced guests decide to crash it. And, uh, oh, yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah. And a group of friends head out into the woods to make a quote-unquote documentary in what ends up being, at first nobody knew, another sequel to The Blair Witch, or maybe a legacy sequel to the original Blair Witch, we should say. You decide, people. As we're talking about 2016 Blair Witch, but also 2023's Shotgun Wedding here on Overdue Rentals. Welcome back to Overdue Rentals. Yes, the show where we talk about films where we feel just don't get enough attention. And I don't mean don't get they never got attention. I'm saying that they once got attention. For some reason, that attention is not the same as it was back when it came out. I'm Matthew Shuckman. And I'm Cinema Lens Mike Reyes. And again, we are talking about movies that may have been the bride at one point, but are now more a bridesmaid, if not just Ooh. that awkward cousin that hooks up with your sister at the wedding. I guess that's just a real long way to say that we, well, actually Matthew, because I was unfortunately at, and indisposed at the moment of this review, uh, this interview, I was sick. Um, Matthew got to talk with the wonderful, the talented, the connected to other episodes we've done recently, mm-hmm. Tali Hernandez, who is a vital part of not only Shotgun Wedding, but also 2016's Blair Witch Legacy sequel. And judging by what Matthew has told me about this interview, I am really sad that I missed out on this. If only because of the fact that you were telling me off off air that like Callie lit up when you mentioned Morehead and Benson. Who happened was I? When, when, yeah, I mean you'll you'll hear it, but it's more so she lit up almost when I mentioned Blair Witch. Honestly, oh no, that was it. Yeah, oh, that that I would have loved to have seen because of the fact that just look, folks, we're dipping into the Wingert, and I think. Simon Barrett worked with Adam mm-hmm. Wingard on this one too. Yeah, the Wingard and Barrett canon again. And uh, I love these guys. Well, you know I what? Let, let's let's uh, let, I think everybody else, it's time for them to hear what 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 Kelly had to say. And then then we can talk about all of it right after. Fair. So um yeah, uh past Callie, past Matthew. Have your fun. I'm going to grab some pretzels. But welcome to Overdue Rentals. And Callie, get grab what you want. Callie, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. How are you doing today? I'm fine. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing. I'm doing well. I'm glad. To, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad we get to talk about this. And as uh, as you may know, a little later, a little something else. But um, I gotta say, this has got to be one of those things where forget about just the massive cast in general. You get to be Jennifer Lopez's sister, Cheech Marin's daughter, and so- oh, Sonia freaking Braga's daughter. I know. How does how does that feel? Uh, uh, like incredible i guess um you know i don't know like i don't know why me but um i'm very (laughs) happy about it um as you said sonia freaking braga i mean kiss of the spider woman and uh moon over parador yes like come on she's she's i mean and she's so wonderful i mean she was so 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 wonderful work with. I'm, I'm so she, glad Moon Over Parador is one of the films you brought up too. That's like, that's a big thing. It's such a good film. I mean, it's a really, really beautiful film. In fact, we, so I don't know if you know this, but we all lived together while we were shooting it. And we had a little movie theater. 
And so I was kind of like, okay, uh, Cheech Marin, okay, Sonia Braga, okay, Jennifer Coolidge, you guys, we're we're showing your films, and you're gonna yeah. do Q and A's. And so Steve <laughs> Coulter did the Q and A's, and we watched Moon Over Paradise and Kiss of the Spider Woman with oh my Sonia. God. She did a Q and A. We did Cheech um, showed Up in Smoke, and he did a Q and A. And then we watched um, Best in Show with for Jennifer and Coolidge, and she did a Q and A. It was like mo movie lovers' dream, honestly. Well, that's the thing too. You come in with again this amazing cast, a great script that's pulled off wonderfully by everybody. But then you yeah. get there, and yeah, sure, you're shooting, you know, in Dominican Republic, but you spend, I'm guessing, a fair amount of your days soaking in water. Yeah. <laughs> is there is there a part of it where just like, you know, like, I, I know I signed up for this, but hey? <laughs> no, no, because, no, because, I mean, yeah, was it like, it, we got, you know, we were a little pruney maybe, you know, some of those <laughs> days, and the water got a little weird by the end, but when you're in like an infinity pool and you're looking out at the ocean and there's um, humpback whales like leaping out of the water and you're like, look to your left and and there's Lenny Kravitz and you look to your right and there's Jennifer Coolidge and the, you're like, what? <laughs> um, there's one really great photo, I should find it, where there was a rainbow happening because it was right after some big tropical storm had just happened. There's a rainbow in the background. We're all in the infinity pool. Coolidge is on a noodle in that crazy outfit. We're all in our clothes and it just looks like the most insane photo of all time. It's just like chaos soup. <laughs> I should find it. I should really find it. This um, that's, the, that's the other thing too, because I gotta, you know, like in, in a film like this, again, with such a big cast, a lot going on, it's not something that, that I imagine a lot of people come in going like, well, let me think a little bit more of a backstory about my character, but there are little things you can see here and there, like, yeah. you know, everybody's hands are up, but I, I notice your hands are kind of more just like, they're just above water level. I'm like, okay, my hands are up, don't worry about it. <laughs> and I'm wondering how much of is it like your own character choices compared to just like what felt right? Um, I think those are kind of synonymous for me sometimes. Um, uh, Jamie, you know, playing Jamie was, pretty just intuitive, I guess. Uh, Cause it, it, she was already pretty written on the page, you know, she, she, um, and bringing that to life was pretty easy because Jason Moore, the director is um, so wonderful to work with, um, really and truly. A, this sounds so dorky to say, but he loves actors, which is no one likes actors. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, who likes actors? I mean, I don't even know if I like, but we, we also had such a good group of, of, of actors um, that it didn't feel weird in that sense at all. But it's so, it's really, truly a rare thing to get to work with a director who loves it as much, really, really um, cares and uh, trusts you um, and also knows what he wants. So, with that, there's this really, really incredible space between um, that, that you get to play and you get to find things a little bit easier because there's also there's trust in the family that you had that we had and we really did function kind of as a family, the cast, and a great director who's gonna tell you when you uh, go too far, which I definitely did a couple times and. Um, tell you when the seal where the ceiling is, you know, and then also tell you where the floor is, you know. So 
Yeah. What, what, what's, what's the idea of going a little too far, I guess? Oh, uh, well, I can talk about this because it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailer. Um, Jennifer Lopez's character, Darcy, um, shoots my character, Jamie, in the ear. Um, and for some reason, my just natural first take, I will, I will never forget, Josh Duhamel was standing here and he was, you know, and he's looking back at me after I get shot and my instinct was just to scream bloody murder, just like scream my head off, started looking for my ear uh, on the ground <laughs> and um, I looked up at Josh I remember in my in my whatever fit I was in, and I remember looking at Josh Duhamel, and he was he had he was had tears streaming down his face from laughing so hard. Um, and Jason was like, um, "Okay, we can do it without that." <laughs> um, that did not make it in there. So, thank you, Jason, for not making me look like a fool. Well, I, I think it probably would have been great anyway, but I just will maybe it'll maybe it'll just make its way under the extras on the physical release. We'll see. Maybe, maybe, maybe so. But again, you're just talking about the idea of it being feeling like a family because again, you're staying all together. But is it also that great feeling to have? Like, I mean, granted, Josh and Jennifer may be a little off on their own for for a fair yeah. amount, but being able to kind of be all together for like almost the entire film is like feel different than the normal circumstances. Yes. It did. I mean, everything on this film felt different than normal circumstances. It was a lot of our, not not everyone's, but <laughs> it was a lot of our first jobs since the pandemic. And mm. um, so that, and the pandemic was still going on. Um, so in that sense, it's very different. And we shot in the Dominican, as you know, and we worked with a total, it was a local Dominican crew and they were so incredible. <laughs> Um, it was so, so, so nice to work with them. And, you know, there was just so many things about this that made it different than a normal film. And yes, you're right. I think Josh and Jennifer, all of their stuff was together, you know? So that that, that happens naturally on set, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, the rest of, you know, me and Coolidge and Darcy and Cheech and Sonia and, and, and Desmond and, and Selena and Steve Coulter, I mean, we're all, and all in a pool and all living together in a, you know, villa, you know, and having dinner together every single night and, because we want to. <laughs> and that doesn't happen. You know, that does not, that really doesn't happen that much. So. And that idea you were talking about about Jason, you know how he, you know how he loves actors, deals with actors, yeah, um, and and just has this process. Is that something you had a handle on before by talking to him, or just you learned no. as working with him? Learned, learned, learned immediately though. Um, okay, I mean, first, right? You know, we he wanted to have a Zoom meeting. It was me. It was me, Cheech, Sonia. Um, Jennifer Lopez and um, Jason Moore, when, right when we got all were in the DR, like the first day that I landed, they wanted to have a Zoom. Um, and Desmond, Desmond was on the call too. And um, just talking about family dynamics and um, you know Jennifer and I were kind of talking about ideas of where we came from and whatever, and Jason was really, really into it and he was totally the catalyst for those ideas. That 
also does not happen. That doesn't mm. happen, you know, not, not that, at least not for me. <laughs> um, I don't know, maybe it happens for other people, but um, it was, it was such a, it was great, you know, I, it was, it just, it helped, it helped a lot. Well, you know, here at Overdue Rentals, we love talking about both all these great things coming out, but we also like talking about movies that because there's so much out there that people sometimes maybe forget about. And I'll be honest with you, if we were talking a month and a half ago, I would have asked you to talk about The Endless, but we just had Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead talking about oh, it with us. Oh, did you? Yeah, we just had a whole a whole uh, 45 minutes talking about it with them. Oh, um, those guys. So, you know, I would like to talk a little bit, if you don't mind, about Blair Witch. Because yeah, sure. that is something that, you know, yeah, granted, a lot of people at the time may had their suspicions. They didn't know it was going to be a Blair Witch film when it came out. But I didn't even know. That's that. That was the question. Okay, so you guys weren't even aware. When I signed, okay, that was my first, um, it wasn't my first job, but it was my first big, like, job that actually, you know, um, that I had to do something, you know. <laughs> um, and um, when I signed on to do it, I knew Adam Wingard was directing, and I loved him immediately, and we, he's such a weirdo, and we just get along really well. Um, hi, Adam, if you ever watch this. And, uh yeah, it was like we 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 had to sign something. It was called it was called something else. Not yeah, um, not an NDA or something along those lines. Yeah, but. yeah. But we didn't know. I I never knew until after I signed on to do the project that it was a remake of Blair Witch. And to be honest with you, I was like, wait, how are we gonna do that? <laughs> um, wait, we can't remake that. And then we did. So <laughs> what? I guess that's the question too, then leading into not only whether it was Blair Witch or not, you know, for found footage, I'm sure everybody does it differently. But in this case, it really felt like all the times that when it was your character talking behind the camera, that you were camera operating as well. Is that the case or yeah. no? Yeah. I mean, we did a lot. I mean, we did a lot of the lighting too, um, because we were out in the middle of the woods in, in Canada. And so we just, you know, Adam, I think really wanted to play with the flashlight thing. And we would just, you know, if we were doing something, we would just, if someone was wearing white, you know, you would point the flashlight at the, you know, it's give, give the light or whatever. It, we really got kind of, it was, we <laughs> did do a fair amount of shooting um, and lighting and, and all sorts of things out there. Um, and I actually went to school for um, documentary photography and okay. video and, and journalism, and so it was this. It was pretty natural to 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 just do that. And I've shot many things, so it was it was really fun to get to do that too. Yeah, but even even if it's natural to you and you know what you're doing, or or let's say it was even if it wasn't, but you know you you had a grasp of it in, in certain sense. Is there a point where the idea of me as an actor now having to both act the character? And, you know, keep in mind all these technical things that have to be done. Does it throw wrenches in there for you? No, not for me. It didn't in this in this instance, because my character was doing that already. Mm -hmm. You know, she was filming like she was there to film. Um, so it's been so many years since I've. <laughs> thought about that i think that's what she does right i mean she's well, there it was, she, she wanted to go yeah it was a documentary she was planning to make yeah, she was yeah okay so yeah. okay <laughs> Ooh. um yeah i mean so it, it wasn't really i just was making a film you know that's what she was 
doing. So it wasn't hard for me. I think that, you know, James and some of the other people who were not as familiar with a camera, I think mm. it was, it could, he did a, one, at one point he had to wear some kind of suit where he had like the GoPro attached to his, you know, forehead or something. And, but he had to wear this whole camera gear thing. Like it looked like some kind of torture device. It was, it was kind of great. I didn't have to do that. What, what was your connection at all, though, to the original in the sense that, like, I remember I was 18 when the original came out. And I've, so for me, it was like, yes, I, I remember, you know, I understand it's not real, but the marketing campaign behind that thing at the time was so revolutionary. The things they wrote were so ridiculous that it, it brought a feeling into you that things are somehow still possibly a little bit real. So mm -hmm. then also not only that, but then coming onto this, you know, knowing how different it is, does do any of those feelings kind of like bubble up in you as well while making it? Like, like that it feels a little real? Not that it feels real, I guess, but just like that power behind, you know, what these kind of well, things. Well, yes, do. actually, yes. You know, yes. Um, there were a couple moments. I mean, when we made it, there was, there was this really weird moment where we were shooting something and then we heard basically a coyote like <laughs> eating a sheep or something. I mean, it was very loud, <laughs> very eerie. And we're shooting a campfire scene and that starts going on and it's it feels so crazy. And Adam Wingard swears he tried to find that footage and never found it. Okay. Like he couldn't, he could he, it just disappeared. He swears by it. I mean, but Adam was also playing Aleister Crowley when we were out there, you know, and trying to like summon the demons. <laughs> and, um, and you know, that last scene, um, I love working with Adam. Um, he really, um, doesn't let, he did not let me cut corners. And I really, really like working in that regard. And the last scene, the tunnel scene leading up to the very last scene of that film, I mean, that was the last scene I shot for the whole thing. Good, um, at least good, yeah. And we did that 36 times. <laughs> and it was, he really wanted it to feel real. And um, it had to. And I'm so glad that we did it that many times because it was the last take where I just really lost yeah. it and went there and well i guess that's the other I question guess. too then because like you know was it just the actors and maybe adam and one other person because i know in the original you know it's just it's just the three actors and then the directors are just like in the middle of the night trying to mess with them and they didn't even know about it i, I don't know what kind of setup you guys had what did we have um i mean we worked so many nights that um I like don't remember, but um, oh yeah, Adam had oh yeah, Adam had a. Sorry, it's been so long since I shot this. <laughs> no. um, Adam had someone dress as Bigfoot and come out of the woods while we were shooting in the middle of the night, and it scared the living shit out of. I don't think it scared. I can't remember if it scared me, but I could tell Adam was up to something because. He was like, come on, guys, we got to go, we got to go. And I was like, what you, you never talk like that. And then, you know, Bigfoot comes out of the woods and everyone's like, ah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he would do little things to, to plant little seeds of, of 
of, <laughs> I don't know. It was just fun. It was just fun. No, I, got, I have to let you go in a few seconds. So then to wrap things up, just going back again to that whole idea of that tunnel, because yeah, you, as you just said, you had to do it so many times, you're exhausted, and that's why it gets that great piece out at the end. But even knowing that there are people surrounding you, and I, I don't know what that set's like, and I don't know how much open space there is around you, how awful did that actually feel for yourself Dude, in the moment, I, if at all? Okay, that that tunnel, they built it. Um, they built it, and they built it one inch wider than my shoulders. So again, he wanted it to feel really, really real. So the part where I get stuck, we called it the choke. Um, it, I could barely fit through it, really and truly. I'm not claustrophobic. I'm a freaking like, I love doing stunts. Mm. Um, anything physical, I just really, really like to do it. The camera operator, however, got so claustrophobic and was like freaking out at one point. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, are you okay? You know, um, and she's just like, get me out of here, get me out of here. Um, but I had a blast crawling through that disgusting, muddy tunnel. Honestly, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I really liked doing it. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm, it's great though, because I'm sure there are plenty of people that, you know, wouldn't, and they would be, even if they say they'll do it and they're claustrophobic, you know, it's gonna like, cause problems to the filmmakers. It's like, everybody was happy, except for unfortunately, you're the one camera operator at that time. <laughs> I know, poor guy. I, he was fine after a minute. He just needed some air, I think, but, yeah, I mean, at one point I remember them being like, oh, well, maybe we'll just get stunts. And I said, no way. No, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. Um, so, yeah. Callie, thank you so much for your time. Wonderful talking with you. Thank you. You too. Have a good one. You too. Kelly Hernandez, everybody. Thank you so much for your time. Perhaps perhaps that's our Proust questionnaire for, for any of our, our guests. It's like, what is your movie candy? Are you okay with raisins dipped in some sort of confection? Yeah, right. <laughs> we didn't get but, to ask her about that, but we did get to talk about Shotgun Wedding and Blair Witch. And Shotgun Wedding Witch is normally a movie that I'd probably see the trailer for and go, ah, don't care. I actually enjoyed Shotgun Wedding a lot. I actually... There was, it was funny. I thought everybody did a great job. I also thought there was this, like, here's the thing. Okay. When I watch, when I watch a movie, I'm always paying attention as much as I can. And for this, I knew we were talking to Callie. So I'm like, anytime she was on screen, I was trying to pay attention to her specifically, just so I could kind of think about it some more. And in doing so, I know, and granted later on also without her on the screen also, I noticed that, but there was an, a really strange attention to detail in this film as far as continuity went that I don't see in a lot of movies, which I thought was really great. I like, I, there's like, I'm watching her and she's kind of like half background and then it cuts to another, another angle, which, you know, when you're making movies, it's not like you have like five cameras running and it was so well matched. And then there was like things later on too that happened. Everything was so well matched. I, was, I had an appreciation for this movie on multiple levels is what I'm saying. I am not just saying this because I'm biased and like really enjoy Callie Hernandez as a talent. Um, but I could have used more of her in this movie. I agree. I, I definitely agree. could have used more Jennifer Coolidge. But I, I think. Mean, the I mean, look, I, but there was plenty of great Jennifer Coolidge, though. Oh yeah, but that's the point. It's like you want that from these characters. You don't really get that much with these sorts of characters in a rom com, and especially because you go with a, a typical rom com, you're aiming for a PG thirteen. You're aiming for very like neutral sort of like you're not going to try and mix an action movie in there. And I think that's going to be 
what makes this a lot of fun for couples to watch because this is coming up at the end of January. They're getting a jump on the Valentine's Day crowd, which they're they're doing it right because Magic Mike's last dance is that weekend. And that's going to be like the tough nut to crack when it comes to Valentine's Day. But this is going to be a good one where I think couples are going to be able to watch this and enjoy it together because there's a decent amount of action. But it is also, it is definitely a rom-com. But it's not trying to be standard and yeah also jennifer lopez and josh jamel work well as a team I, together I, every i think everybody in the movie did a great job and it's also a movie that you didn't ex- i didn't know because I, I go into it knowing it's called shotgun wedding seeing the picture it's like i figure there's going to be some sort of yeah quote-unquote actiony because it's not going to take shotgun wedding literally in the terms of somebody being forced to get married to somebody by their uh shotgun wheeling father um but there were actually like there's there's twists in the movie. I didn't know this movie was gonna have twists in it. You know, like there's I I enjoyed the one particular the one major twist that I kind of called, but well, I will I will say that I will say that the I'm gonna try to do this without ruining it. I guess for people who haven't seen it, and even though again it may be fairly obvious, like I didn't even know he was in the movie until the credits started rolling, and I'm like, oh okay, this is interesting. And then, but yeah, it's again like I think everybody. And I mean, everybody did a really good job in this thing. And But it's also, as you were saying, another thing that's un- not typical for this kind of thing is that except for the Josh Dumel, Jennifer Lopez sections where they're kind of off on their own, everybody is together jam-packed in this movie in like one setting. And so it just, it, got, it leaves for a lot more strange zaniness that you wouldn't normally get because everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Oh yeah, the movie doesn't die down when you're not watching the main couple because all these other characters are so much fun to watch, like Sonia Braga and uh, Cheech Marin as this wonderful divorced couple and then Darcy Carden right in the middle of them, which it had to have been weird for her to be playing this character and then addressing Jennifer Lopez's character who's named Darcy. Like for the for the <laughs> first couple seconds, that just had to have been like going off in her head where it's like, oh man, this is kind of weird, but... Obviously not not a, a de- not nothing to derail because this is a, a this movie just has a really good cast of solid hitters. Yeah, it's it doesn't. There's no gag that gets drawn out because that's another thing that kind of happens with like Jennifer Coolidge's. Uh, I'm blanking on his name at this point, but when she sings the song during the the wedding, Edwin. Oh, I, I forget that guy's name. Well, who, but, who are we talking about, though? I don't know. She sings "I'll Be." I forget who sings "I'll Be." Are you talking about the person who sings the song in real life? Are you talking about something? I'm, yeah. I'm a little lost. The person who sings the song in real life. Oh, I don't even remember what song they sang. So, "I'll Be." I, I don't even. Um, "I'll Be." Anyway, "I'll Be." You're crying so Oh yeah. Man. Oh, I didn't. Ever, I don't know if that's the name of the song. It's a, It's one of those yeah, popular things that it's like I don't. I don't Edwin know. McCain. That's who it was. Still wouldn't have known. But anyway, that felt like maybe it was another draft or something. I honestly felt like that should have been a callback to something. And in another movie, that definitely would have done it. But it does still work really well in this movie because out of any other any song they could grab for their damn wedding, that's the first one that she throws out there. Well, it's, it's another thing, like because even but even the call, actual callbacks worked well. I mean, Jennifer Lopez's delivery of the I love this fucking knife. Was perfect. Yes. Perfect 
for being the type of comedy this is supposed to be compared to where I would think of her doing that in other movies in the past or what I would expect from her and it wouldn't come out that way. I'm not trying, and I'm not trying to talk about down about her in other movies or anything like that, but like well, it, no, was, but it was delivered very well. No, but admittedly that is a line that, that's a line that they tease in the trailer. Like they have an obvious- Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I've watched the trailer as a- They have an obvious dub over in there. Okay. I, I don't know if I would have watched the trailer if I didn't have to cover it, but I had to cover it when it dropped. And there's an obvious, she's like, I freaking love this knife. And it's like, that's a dub over. I'll be very interested to see how that plays out in the movie. Interesting. And just the tone of it, it, it again, it is a line where probably in some other delivery and some other version of this film, it goes wrong. But yeah. that was just, it was the right tone, the right balance. Yeah. And that's something that I'm really, I was just really genuinely surprised by this. It's like, this is a very, well-balanced film look yeah i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but it's like it's one of those things where it's like it's not it's not an amazing movie it is i enjoyed myself it's funny but it's just because i was expecting so little i almost feel like i'm raving about it like it's the greatest thing ever made <laughs> but of course i'm not saying it is but like i really enjoyed myself i actually enjoyed myself <laughs> no i mean to be honest it is pretty middle of i thought it was a middle of the road movie exactly but- yeah. Considering where a lot of these movies go and considering how we're just coming out of the Christmas season where there's so many rom-coms from Hallmark and all these other people that just, <laughs> it's very mid. Like, this is better. Yes. This was enjoyable. I didn't, I didn't, it drags a little bit for me, but I didn't sit here thinking, oh my God, I just wasted my time. It's like, no, there's genuinely good characters and good character work. And people, you you actually want to see more of these people in this movie. And I think that's that's still a, a pretty complimentary thing, especially because I love the part where Callie Hernandez's character is talking with the guy that she slept with. And then he's like, he's like she terrifies me. And she's like, you oh, think I'm terrified? Yeah, she, it just, <laughs> that right there was like, oh, I want more of this character. Yeah, but that's, again, that's just what makes it so good. It's like the guests are as colorful as the bride and groom. I will say that I also, I loved hearing when talking to Callie about that whole idea that they had these movie nights where they were doing their own Q and A's, showing old films from from their from their big stars that are in the movie. And especially since they mentioned they did one for Sonia Braga, Moon Over Parador, because Moon Over, we did ask to have Sonia Braga as a guest on and Moon Over Parador was our overdue rental's choice. And that made me so happy to hear that. Uh, even though it has nothing to do with the movie itself, but I just got to say, I, 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 I was very happy to hear that. And naturally, the door is still open for Sonia Braga to come of on. Of course. Why the hell wouldn't we? And I, st- I still, you know, I think Moon Over Parador is one of those movies that I've always known about and always wanted to see, but never really crossed off the list. It was Which definitely one of those movies that. Oh, go yeah, on. I, it's one of those movies that, like, when it came out on 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 VHS at the time, you know, like my family rented it and I watched it. And not to say that I was not to say that like I was too young to watch it, kind of thing, but like it was definitely nobody. It's like. If I went to school the next day and said, "Oh, everybody, guys, some more Parador," they'd be like, "What? What are you talking about? What? What? Are you, what?" It's like <laughs> you're talking to a kid that watched The Butcher's Wife when he was a kid and actually enjoyed it. The Butcher? I don't even know what that is. What is The Butcher's Wife? Demi Moore. Oh uh, yes! Yeah, oh my yeah, god! Yeah, that's all I have to say, and you know. And that's a movie like again. I don't even know if it's good or not because I can't remember. But that should go on the list. That's a perfect exactly. old rentals kind of thing. Oh, exactly, exactly. Because yeah. I remember seeing previous like. I saw previews for stuff like that. I remember there was a, the Dolly Parton movie, Straight Talk. Uh, yeah, there's like yeah. all these different movies that like, 
I would see trailers for it. My parents would be mildly interested. We would rent it and I would watch them. I don't really remember them all that much, but it's like, <laughs> oh, I saw The Butcher's Wife. I saw Straight Talk. I saw this. I saw that. I mean, you, you I basically built my career from childhood up and so did you. Oh, yeah, is... well, one that's why that's why we're doing this because 100 like, like exactly because overdue rentals un- digs up this sort of stuff. Like I don't like when was the last time either of us thought of the butcher's wife before that just came up. I that's I completely forgot it existed. You you heard me. I was like, what is that? But oh shit, that's oh my god. Cuz it's like it's like a modern day fairy tale. Yeah. Just like I was um I fell into a small YouTube rabbit hole a fr- last Friday. Okay. And I was watching old Siskel and Ebert, like, worst Those of- Those like, popping up for me all over the place, too. Because people have been uploading, like, whole episodes, and I fell into a rabbit hole, like, the worst of lists. Yeah. And worst of 1989 is all my, on my thing every day. I just thought it was really funny that it's, like, worst of 96, I want to say it was, or 97. They're, like, happy Gilmore. And I'm like, oh, man, how does it feel to be on the wrong side of history, guys? Well, look, I mean, that's 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 a little different, though. Like, that's like, like I understand opinion. things I change and, th- and, and things become classics in people's eyes. But, you know, Happy Gilmore, as much as I think it's funny, it's not a good movie. Yeah, but it's funny. I enjoy it. It's, it's, it's fun. Fun. However, I will say that I recently saw popped up. What popped up on, on one of my feeds was them doing Silence of the Lambs. And they missed they missed that one by a mile. Oh, I need to see. I need Siskel, to go Siskel's talking about it like it was trash. It was it was the most insane thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh, they 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 seemed at times very predisposed against horror, but I, I know we're we're really diving into a a deep rabbit hole here because yeah, let's talk about horror. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. We climbed back up for Blair Witch, which I mean, I was not a fan of Blair the Blair Witch Project when it came out in '99. I remember there was such a big cloud of hype. Yep, it's it was like this was the original Cloverfield. Because of the fact that it had that viral marketing where people were really on the edge of, is this real or is it not? Which we, talk, before, which we do talk about a little bit in the interview, yeah. <laughs> before I even say anything, I, I, I'm just going to dig to you very quickly. For original Blair Witch, yeah. were you caught up at all in thinking this was real? I never thought it was real because I'm not like that. However, though, I did do – I remember I was – it hadn't come out yet. I was still in college on my freshman year when it, when it was being promoted – and then it came out like right when I made it home from after after freshman year ended. And I remember going with my girlfriend at the time to see it. And but I remember when I was in college and hearing about it, and my, my friend would send me all these links. I'm like, what the hell? And then you'd look it up. And I think we talked about this before in the podcast. I can't remember. But I went and looked it up. And then there was like websites talking about how the cassettes that they that they used for this were found under a cabin that was built. With no nothing under the foundation, built in like the 1800s, but somehow it was buried under the cabin, you know. And I'm like, oh my god, but that's so it's so crazy. So you gotta get you got. I definitely got caught up in the fervor of it. I never personally would ever think it's real. However, though, I remember seeing the movie. I wasn't scared. I didn't find it creepy to me. The only thing that I found creepy was watching him in the corner at the end. But I appreciated what it was, and I appreciated what they did. But I didn't. I so I don't. I don't hate it. But um, for people who see it now, it's different than than being caught up in the whole thing back when before viral marketing existed. They. they I mean, look, there 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 have been examples previously before that, even before they were like big run movies where we don't we you know we consider it viral marketing. But that was the that was the start of viral marketing to me. Oh yeah, that was well. Maybe it's not so much viral, but alternate reality games. 
like that was kind of where all that started because that's the, well like vi- well i don't know about so much vi- like viral is sort of like it catches on well yeah okay so it's viral and it's also alternate reality games where it's like they played out this whole fictionalized narrative on the internet where it was purported to be real it looked real yeah, I don't and know then if they I, I back I, the curtain. Oh yeah, I don't. I, I guess I don't consider that alternate reality. I, I know what you. I see what you're saying, but it just, it just, just it doesn't. The thing doesn't melt because now I just think of AR only as, you know, seeing things through a lens in my own eye in front of me that aren't actually there because they're being projected by some technology. Oh no, I'm. I'm yeah, you're you're thinking of yeah, you're thinking yeah. of a different type of alternate reality. No, I'm talking about like, this is known as an ARG because again. Uh, 15 years ago, last week, Cloverfield was debuting after a huge wave of alternate reality marketing and all this other fun stuff. So I was not precious with Blair Witch. But then they dropped that trailer and it's like, oh, Adam Wingert's new movie's coming. And it's like, cool. I like Adam Wingert. I love the guest. I love those VHS movies. And it's like, Blair Witch is like, what? And it was like, okay, this is too, this is this is intriguing enough that even I have to go watch this because even though I'm not a fan of that first movie, I want to see what Adam Winger and Simon Barrett do with it. See, from here's the thing. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, so go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. We'll, we'll, we, I can launch more into it. Jump it. it, it, it. Organic, well, organic man, go him. Here's the thing with me and 2016 Blair Witch, though, I had not seen it until now. This was, oh. this was the case where I watched it to prepare for this because it was one of you were on your list to, to talk about. Uh, and I and like I, and as I said to to Callie is like if we were doing this a month and a half ago we probably would have been talking about the endless but since we just talked about it with Justin and, and Aaron we're going to talk about Blair Witch um, but I, found footage in general for me is something that I'm not a fan of. It's a there, very mixed bag as a genre. There are some ones that I enjoy, and I'll tell you the one the one I enjoy not I don't know if I would say the most but the one I enjoy I think the one I think about the most and the one I think. And I'm not going to get too far into this, but because this is hopefully in a future episode too. One that people forget about, or like it came out and people didn't give good reviews, you know, it was better than they, they thought is The Last Exorcism. I think The Last Exorcism not only did a really good job of being a good movie, and, you know, with all these found footage things, it always has to be twist endings, and their twist ending is work. But I, I don't know, have you seen it before? No. Okay. But is that the one where at the end they just give you a, a URL? Like it ends no. premature? Oh, no. The, no, no. I'm thinking of, oh, no, I'm thinking of another, maybe it's The Devil Inside or something. Yeah, something like that, yeah. But The Last Exorcism is a movie that if it ended where they before they do the twist, I would say you'd have to nominate it for like best film of the year kind of thing. Because it would have been one of these things where like they're actually doing something serious. Like they're like, this is actually a, a, a movie about mental health and not about some some horror story and then they just turn it back into a horror story yeah um it was with patrick fabian who you know for most people know as uh, howard hamlin from better call saul he's the lead in the movie um but that movie i have a, a deep appreciation for even though people hated it for some reason well i'm excited to, to actually watch that's it. the only that's the only found footage one i like i like i will constantly bring up to people um and then they, they made a second one just like blair witch 2 i think the second one was yeah, but I think the second one ditches the fact. Yeah, it's, it's supposed to be like, yeah, they, they have the same actress. Who I think I saw the second one. The first one, you know, the, the actress, the idea was is like they hired her. She was like her first film because she can contort. So like all the contortion and weird stuff you see in the movie is actually her in these positions, not not dummies, not CGI, 
it's her messing with her own body. Anyway, more, so Blair Witch. So yes. I, I still didn't care about Blair Witch. It's fine. I could deal with it. And there were there were some good things that happened in it, I guess. But I just, it's, it's just another movie to me. Just another movie that passed by my, my purview, personally. Oh, you mean the 2016 one? Yeah, exactly. Correct. Oh, see, I... Oh, man. I had so much fun watching this one in theater. And my poor wife, my poor darling wife, we were dating at the time. Okay. And we, I think this was around the time we first moved into, no, it was a couple of years that we had been in our neighborhood. So we go to our local theater and we go see Blair Witch. And there's the whole thing with the girl having her foot cut. And then later the weird shit that happens with said cut. Yeah. My wife was, that was the one thing that disturbed my wife so much during that movie. I thought we were going to have to leave. That poor <laughs> when, she pull, when, she pull, when she pulls it out, you mean? Yeah, well, just like the all the, the horrible stuff that happened afterwards. And she's like, oh, I was like, are you? but because she had like dropped glass in our kitchen, like maybe not too long before that. And then oh. we, she had to go to the, the emergency room to get glass taken out of her foot. Not Ooh. a lot, but just, you know, it was enough to, it was enough to mindfucker. But <laughs> looking at Blair Witch 2016, I see the influences of Cloverfield and not in a derivative or bad way, but it's just very much, it, 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 I guess Cloverfield kind of took it from the original and then this one kind of just borrowed it again. But I liked the whole, like in the beginning, they show you the title cards is like, this is where the footage was found and blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And I, I love that aspect of found footage movies because when it's done right, it really is like you are this warrior into something that happened and you're like trying to make your own judgments and really looking for yourself. I think my my biggest problem more than anything is the fact that it's a, it's technically a legacy sequel, but it is also a remake in a lot of ways because they're just doing this almost same exact thing. There's more people and they're re referencing characters from the original, which again, I should also bring this up very quickly for those who don't know, because I, I always love talking about it, because it's like, again, when the original Blair Witch came out, the idea was is that the actors, it was their first film, so they kind of had to go into quote-unquote hiding. Like, after the movie came out, you know, they, they, they were able to be there, you know, and so like that, but like for like a few weeks, it's like, you don't talk to anybody. Like, you yeah. got friends, forget about it. Like, you know, if the family probably knew, I can't remember, but it's like, so it's like, you have to wonder, like, where are these people? And they all appear in, in, in movies later on and shows later on. You just, you just don't realize it's them half the time. So, like, I always think it's funny to talk about, for offense, if it's always sunny in Philadelphia in the first season uh, in the Charlie Wants an Abortion episode, the woman who claims that her son is Charlie's son is Heather Donahue. Heather from the original Blair Witch, the one, the very famous, the snot bubble, you know, and the most other stuff. That's her. And it's just like I cannot believe that. Oh, I don't man. think people realize that. That's her. <laughs> you know, well, there's a lot of people that snuck in on Sunny, especially the early years. Like James yes. Alexander from Thor is in there. Uh, well, yeah, but that was before that was that was before that was one of that's before she got big. I mean, that's that's one of the first things she ever did. I think. Well, yeah, that was the uh, the episode where they're letting all the underage kids in, and she's. Yep. I think she was going to prom with Dennis. Yep. First season. Uh, <laughs> oh, I I love that damn show. But oh, yeah, I do too. Back to Blair Witch, just, yeah. I was amazed at how much I loved this Lega sequel that is very much reverent to not only Blair Witch 1, but also 
there was like a trio of video games that came out and fed into the lore. Like the whole Rust and Par thing, I think, is more explored in one of the games. Well, I never played the the, the they they made a Blair Witch game around the time the movie came out, but but apparently it's fairly good. People tell me, I've heard that's really good too. But it's just it was faithful to the lore. It didn't really do that much new with it. But I guess just the story that Wingard and Barrett told grabbed me so much more than what the original one did. And I really just had a lot of fun with this. And plus it almost does feel like a secret VHS entry because you get into all that weird lo-fi Bermuda Triangle time travel space (laughs) fuckery that just... You know, again, re- revisiting uh, revisiting VHS two for for the other show last the other week. It was you know that brought those memories up too. Also, very interesting parallels with our our, our last couple episodes. Um, yeah. Gone from hobo with a shotgun to shotgun wedding. Yep, yep. Uh, today was a double feature of Lionsgate films, and this is another alum from the VHS. Uh, oh no, not the, oh no, no, Kelly. Well. Adam Wingard and, and Simon Barrett were the alums from the, the VHS universe, not Kelly Hernandez. But but also, the, I think we talked about uh, very briefly in the other episode, that, um, is that where in VHS 2, one of the segments was made by Eduardo Sanchez, who was one of the co-directors and creators of the original Player Witch. Yes, we, yeah, you did mention that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the other thing, that's the other, you know, again, not to go too far off the rails, but that's another thing that, um, as far as found footage goes, for the first VHS, the final entry, which is the radio silence entry, I like that a lot. I always like that one. I'm trying to remember which one that is. That's is the that one the where they basically the go house? to the house and like all the hands yes! on the walls and everything like that. Oh. I thought that was very well done. Um, you know. And, and, that's the, and that's my thing with found footage movies too a lot of times is like, you know, you have to find a way for why are we recording at this time when we're running around, which is also great when talking to Callie to find out how, because again, I think all of them are done differently. I think there are films that are done where actors are wearing cameras, camera operating, I think there are ones that are done a little bit like that when it has to be done, but other times it's somebody else behind the camera. So it was nice to hear that they were the ones actually behind the cameras in this, giving a little bit more insight into how this kind of thing is created, but also give a little more insight into how and why certain things are happening the way they do in the film. No, I enjoy that too. It's just, it's another one of those added textures where, again, found footage, you do it right, it is so much fun, but it is a very mixed bag genre to the point where even the VHS entries and the VHS films are mixed bags. But you know what? I I still need to catch up on the last couple because I, I think I've, I've only really I'll be honest with you. I've only ever really seen the first one. I've seen clips from other ones when I had to do it, like like, you know, the VHS two for, for kids versus aliens or like yeah. certain segments here and there. I never I never saw the rest of them, honestly. Which I really wish they would have kept the original title for VHS too, because it was going to be called SVHS. And just the fact that they're referring, I think it's because of like, those were the small sort of eight millimeter camcorder tapes that came along further down the line, like in the late nineties. Cause they're like called SVHSs if I remember correctly. Yeah. You know, I just never knew that. I never knew yeah. that. Because then they go in like VHS viral, VHS 84, 99, like they go in with these cool titles but it's like I really wish it would have stayed with SVHS instead of VHS. But that's well, just, that, that's, that's what reason. I that's what I actually enjoyed. That's one of the few things I enjoyed about 2016 Blair Witch is because they're trying to they were trying to convince you know that people the footage was from back from when the original footage was from or like it was shot like years ago or something like that. So they went back to mini DV, 
because mini DV was also around, you know, when I was coming up in film school in the early 2000s, that's what you were using. You were using mini DV cams. Yeah. So like to kind of go back and talk about that technology and as if like kids today know what that is, it was kind of fun. Yeah. But again, just Callie Hernandez is the thread that brings us here today yes. and also fantastic in The Endless, uh, which people should listen to our episode of The Endless and Something in the Dirt with Moorhead and Benson, especially because I think Something in the Dirt is hitting streaming now. I think it is. I can, hold on. I have it up because I was actually looking to see if less actually some was available to stream so you can watch it. It's on Peacock if you want to watch it. I <laughs> want to say it's going to be on Hulu, but I saw something recently that was like, yeah, something in the dirt. And I was like, ooh, you know what people need to watch? Something in the dirt. Well, I know, I know that, uh, I know that um, it's not streaming anywhere as of right now. You can rent it. But it's not it's not streaming on any services I, up right now. I think it's coming soon. It might be next month on a I know the endless and resolution are still on Tubi. I know Synchronic is on Netflix in the US. Um I don't know about spring being anywhere. Uh right. Well, but these are I mean, these are all a whole bunch of other movies that we're yes. not exactly talking about today, but still good movies Ooh. for you to go check out. But still just Callie Hernandez is becoming one of those people where I see her face and I see her name in the credits and it's like, oh, okay. So no matter what I'm getting here, I'm at least going to have fun watching this person that I like perform. And yes. I like having people like, like everyone has their roster of people like that. Like Cheech Marin is another one of those people where it's like, I'm going to have fun with this guy no matter what. Another person that I would have liked to see a little more of in this movie. Yeah. But again, that's the point. Well, Cheech is almost Cheech is almost the film straight man. He's like the all. He, he's probably the most straight man in the entire movie. Which is so strange, especially if you're people like us that came up where we may not have been. We were at like the tail end of the Cheech and Chong era, and Cheech was sort of branching out a little more. Like you know, he did Born in East LA on his own, and he has that wonderful cameo in Ghostbusters too that always kills. Well, that's why I also that's why I was always loved about Cheech Marin is the fact that. I, I, I have to go back and look at this because now I can't remember if I'm remembering it right or maybe I am, who knows. But like the idea about Cheech is that Cheech was never, he was not, he's not, he was not a stoner himself. He was not a big drug type of person. He just part, he just did the character with, um, um, with, with, with Tommy Shaw, who, who it was very much so. Um, but Cheech was always wanted, Cheech, while he was a comedian, did want to be always kind of be like his thing was like i'm an actor so like yeah. get you know like the fact that he got to he got eventually to do the things he wanted to do is always a thing that i really enjoy uh for him but yeah and then of course his wonderful resurgence with robert rodriguez oh by the way ladies and gentlemen if i am reading this correctly and there isn't some other movie called something in the dirt because it says here 2021 but it was released last year anyway something in the dirt should be on hulu february 10th Okay, that's good to know. Yes, um, you know, because that's Benson and Moorhead, which ties back to our guest of the show, Callie Hernandez, who was talking about Shotgun Wedding and Blair Witch. I and that's your, and that's everybody's cue to now go check out Blair Witch, cross it off your 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 overdue rentals list if you haven't seen it yet. Come back. You're gonna have to rent that. You're gonna have to rent that one, unfortunately, but it is worth the three ninety nine. <laughs> and this Friday on February twenty seventh, if you're an Amazon Prime member, go watch Shotgun Wedding. You actually won't be disappointed. And that's also another subscription, very much worth it, especially if you happen to buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. <laughs> but Mike, 
when people want to come find us to tell us what they liked about these movies or disagree with us or just give us their thoughts in general, how do they find us? Well, that's a very easy thing. You really don't need any sort of prime video subscription. You don't need to wander in the forest and try to find some hidden tapes with Orbidoo Rentals episodes on them, although that would be <laughs> kind of a fun promotional to do at some point. I yeah. don't know. But you know, we'll, we'll, we'll bury some stuff and geocache the people. Yeah, that'll get people to listen to our show, of course. That's the ham radio listeners right there. But <laughs> I mean, Matthew and I are very good friends, very good hosts. We're a couple of our own. And like most other iconic couples that you enjoy listening to on your, your sound device of choice, you can find us on social media at TikTok and Instagram at Overdue Rental Show, on Twitter at Rentals Overdue, on Facebook at Overdue Rentals. And if you want to email us with all of those geocaching suggestions, love letters, suggestions, theories on the Blair Witch herself, itself, maybe. Let's not, you know, witchery is very Tina. gender neutral. We call her Tina. Tina. Uh, sorry, Bob's Burgers. Oh, okay. Uh, you can email us about any of the shenanigans that you've heard here or in other episodes at overduerentals at gmail.com. Because you really should be listening to these other episodes. We're on episode 70, if I remember correctly. And if not 70, then 69. So this will be this will be episode 70. Episode 70. Welcome to episode 70, everyone. I mean, we're on our way out, but it's still a good time to welcome someone. But there's 69 other episodes that you can listen to that, again, we had Benson and Moorhead on for something in the dirt and the endless. Uh, I will never ever forget the time we had tim roth talk about rob roy and accidentally getting stabbed in the hand uh harvey guillen being one of our very first big episodes and talking about werewolves within and of course talking to josh ruman about dark man after a year or a year year of waiting because we haven't been around that long but we were still very fervent to get him on this show thank you josh you can find all of this wonderful merriment wherever you ethically source your podcasts apple podcasts anchor spotify stitcher audible just wherever amazon music amazon music it look you're gonna have the prime subscription to watch shotgun wedding so you can then listen to us through your prime music i don't know if the quality is any better but i mean audio quality the show quality is just as sterling but look one-stop shopping i'm a fan of it that's amazon for you amazon we're, we're open to sponsorship here. What we're also open to is rating, reviewing, and subscribing to the podcast so the rental counter can stay open and the debate over goobers versus not goober, I mean, raisinets versus not raisinets, or goobers versus raisinets. Goobers. Goobers are fantastic. Goobers really are wonderful. But look, rating the show, reviewing the show, and subscribing lets us know that you're out there, you're interested. And it lets us know what you want on the show because as much as we have a dream list of movies that we want to cover, who knows? Maybe you, the listener, has something that is just as obscure as The Butcher's Wife and just wants to mention it more like, wow, that's one that we remember seeing in the video store but never picking up. And if Overdue Rentals is about anything, it's about renting those movies you didn't get the first time around while you were walking the aisles. But friends, family, listeners, we don't want to take up your time any more of your time here, so we're just going to leave with our wonderful and customary... Bye-bye.